I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. I've been podcasting since 2006. In that time, I've tried countless hosting platforms. But in August 2022, we switched to Transistor to power all of our shows here at True Story FM. And it's been a game changer. I love the Transistor allows unlimited podcasts and storage without extra charges. We can publish so much content. And we do. If you want to start up a podcast, do yourself a favor and host your show on Transistor. With their one-click publishing, you can get your new show onto all the major podcast directories effortlessly. And their website builder lets you quickly build custom sites for each show. The detailed analytics are invaluable, too. You can access all kinds of listener data anytime. Oh, and the versatile players allow you to embed episodes anywhere to reach new listeners. Plus, the team behind Transistor is super responsive and keeps making the platform even better. After using countless hosting services over 15 plus years, Transistor has been hands down the best podcast partner for us. If you want a hosting platform to take all the worry out of getting your podcast out into the world, go to thenextreel.com slash Transistor and check it out. Support our show and support your own show by going to thenextreel.com slash Transistor. Start growing your podcast today. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. That's right. It's November 5th, 2022, and you have discovered Saturday matinee. We're not talking about anything political this time. Instead, we're going to have some fun with movies, with news, and with each other. Joining me on this little adventure is the infamous Notorious Ray. Hey, 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 what? I am pretty B.I.G., so I get it. <laughs> and rounding out our trio is the ubiquitous and effervescent Chrissy Lenz. I know what one of those words means, so uh, <laughs> and I like the I like the one I know, so I'll assume the other one's good too. All right, so uh, yeah, you were on last week, so I'm going to start with Ray. Ray, 
what have you been watching? What have you been seeing? What's been what's made a big impression on you in the last couple of weeks? Well, probably the biggest thing was seeing Halloween ends and oh, yes. being being like the internet's anti-bullying defense attorney. <laughs> I don't know what else you would call it, guy. So you you set up your your Corey fan page? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. It was like uh, pro scarecrow all the way. <laughs> okay. All right. So like so you so you uh, were a were you the only voice of of positivity that you found? Like are, are you alone in a there, sea of people condemning the movie? There's a few peppered here and there, okay. like just enough to keep the the health bar from running down to zero. <laughs> so I, I guess I, as it is a, uh, we're not getting into spoilers because I know not everybody has seen it yet, but um, it is a radical sort of departure, uh, not quite as much as yeah. Halloween three, but uh, <laughs> from sort of what we had come to expect. So what was your sort of uh, impression of it? Like you immediately saw it and kind of went, oh, okay, they did something different, but yeah, that's cool. Or did you, you know, have that sort of uh, response of like, wow, like I'm so glad that they took chances. I'll, I'll be honest, as I was watching the movie, I'm thinking to myself more and more, where are we going with this? <laughs> and by the time the credits rolled, I'm like, okay, I think I get it. And I went home and watched it on Peacock the same night. Okay. The next day, I started reading the novelization. Okay. Because oh, wow, don't mess with me when it comes to horror fandom. I was gonna say, like you say, so you you came with facts. Intense. You did your homework. And I really appreciate where they dared to tread with this okay. last movie. It's not everybody's cup of tea, and it's certainly not the majority's cup of tea, but I liked it. Did you see how- I'm so intrigued by your description that now I, I must watch uh. it. I probably just watch it. I probably won't watch it, then watch it, then read it. But Well, you know, you have to have no life whatsoever to do that. <laughs> dedication. What you have is dedication, right? Yeah. But right, while I've been obsessing, what have you been watching? There you go. Uh, Chrissy, what's... What are you in last? So I watched on Halloween. Uh, we stayed. We didn't go out trick or treating. Okay. We stayed in to give out candy and watched the Scream franchise. Oh wow! So we got How? all the way up through the end of the like we got up to the fourth one. Okay. Uh, so we watched one, two, and three. Um, and I mean, I'm sure there's lots to complain about, but gosh, those movies are fun. <laughs> They're just so much running around and slipping and sliding in that long robe. Um, <laughs> and I think they're all great, even the ones that aren't. No argument here. Yeah, I, I think I, what, what, what I have not seen. I've seen, I saw the first three, like when they came out, like in theaters. I don't think I've seen the fourth one. And then I saw the reboot. Was the reboot the, 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 I, the what's the requel? Was the, it, was the requel yeah, six with, or was um, it five? With Jack Quaid. Five. Was it five? Five. Okay, all right. So, that I've, so there's only one that I've not I have, seen. I have no memory of four. Yeah, like I've, I've never seen that one. We watched it to three. There's a four, yeah. and I, and the reboot was five. So uh, I like the reboot too. I thought it was fun. You say Jack Jack Quaid, and I I I see his face in my head, but the first name that comes to my head is uh, Brad Boimler. Uh huh. I was thinking the same thing too. Yeah, because of, of Star of Star Trek Lower Decks. 
Like he's, uh, he's a, and there's a guy who's actually uh, been able to uh, balance a career doing both. Like he has a really good uh, animation skills and he's still doing a lot of live action stuff too. So, you know, I'd like to see it. All right. So oh, actually, you, you actually had, Ray, you had a, a, a piece of news you thought would be interesting to talk about. Tell us, uh, tell us what you discovered uh, about a, a new television show that could be coming our way. Well, I spoke about horror fandoms before. Well, uh, Friday the 13th has not had any movies in the last decade. Mm-hmm. And that's unusual for that franchise. And it's because the rights have been tied up in all kinds of legal battles and so forth. Well, uh, the big ones have been dealt with. And Victor Miller, the original writer of the very first Friday the 13th film, uh is getting to do a Friday the 13th series, which will be on Peacock and will be under the A24 banner. And the showrunner will be Brian Fuller. Now that is oh, exciting wow. to me. I love Brian Fuller. Star Trek alumni, but then also uh, Pushing Daisies and Alien. He's even one of the uh, uh, creators of um, Star Trek Discovery before he got fired. Right, right. <laughs> And he did Hannibal as well. He right? did Hannibal as well. That's right. Yeah, I couldn't get into Hannibal, but uh, I like I I I recognize the, the the quality of it and the fandom. It was just like I was like, well, this isn't really for me. I'm not a big serial killer fan. So what do you, I, uh, obviously there's there has been a Friday the 13th series before. Does anyone remember? Which has <laughs> yes. <laughs> Had nothing to do with with Jason whatsoever. Right. It was, it was, I, I don't remember what it was. I, I looked it, was it up too about because camp. Yeah, I, 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 it had nothing to do with camp either. Uh, it actually, uh, it was in the. It, I looked it up too because I'm like I watched it, but like what was it about? I couldn't remember. Uh, it's basically it was basically Warehouse 13 before Warehouse 13. It was mm. um oh and a little needful thing. So the idea was that there was a um treasure trove of cursed artifacts and then it was a, a guy inherited it and went oh i don't want this crap and sold it off turns out they were all cursed and so now this this the you know, our, our heroes uh, their job is to go out into the world find these cursed objects and bring them home it was called friday turn 13th the series what connection to have jason Voorhees? absolutely nothing they just got <laughs> the rights to to use that term uh, and they knew they would get some attention and and that, that was it. Like the they at one point they were they went for a couple seasons because you know back at that time you could make like fifty or sixty episodes of something before they went. Nah, it's fine. As opposed to you know the one or two you get now. Um, but yeah, it was I I I, uh, I, did, I I remember that and that and I remember there was a uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street television series too, Freddy's Nightmares. Right, it right. Was like yeah. an anthology what? series with Robert England was in it and stuff too. Weird, weird wow. things and ways to try and keep these franchises alive. <laughs> and then on are, on are, uh, you into, HBO, are you are you looking forward to this though? Are they, do you think uh, the Friday Thirteenth new series is going to be good? Yeah, but th- do you remember the old show that was on Cinemax late at night, Pinhead's Pleasures? Oh <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. Anyway, back to I this this upcoming I'm Friday sure the Thirteenth. Some point. I, 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 I had to get my dumb joke in there because I'm dumb. <laughs> anyway, um, I think I'm not too wild about the idea personally because yeah, I like a standard slasher flick. Mm-hmm. You know, why why expand on something so basic? But it is basic, so you can do a lot with it. There's that. I don't know. Yeah, it, the Brian Fullerness 
is the only reason that I am interested at all. What do you think, Chrissy? I agree. Um, I think that he does interesting things. Like Hannibal is a you know is a known quantity, mm-hmm. and he found a way to like give it little twists and turns and surprises. So I'll definitely check it out. Yeah, is it? Is, are they calling it Frights? Or are they calling it Crystal Lake? Or has that not been decided? For- well, I don't think it's okay. They're, they're... It's been mentioned. It's just that it's the property Friday okay. the thirteenth, okay. um, and then because of the legal battles and because it's the guy who has the rights to the first film, which doesn't have Jason in the hockey mask and mm-hmm. all of that stuff. Yeah, they they were wondering will Jason be in this series? And it appears that they have the rights to everything Jason Friday the Thirteenth for this series. Mm. So okay, wow. In yeah, an and he was even that I read. It's at first he made a joke about in, in the interview about uh, Jason X, and it was like ah, ha, ha, <laughs> Jason X. And then <laughs> as it went along, he was sort of like, no, no, I'm serious. Like I want to incorporate Jason X. Though I was like, oh, oh, okay. Like he wants to do the full spectrum of of stuff from the franchise. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> I love Jason X. I know that's that's it. It's, it'd be. I'm interested to see if he actually is going to try and fully incorporate everything from because. Yeah, let's see. Nightmare on Elm Street, and you know, and it gets a lot of attention for this. But like, the the mythology of Friday the Thirteenth is so weird. <laughs> like, it was yeah. mom, and then then there was like a psychic girl, and then it was then he was yes. in New York, and then he was in space. Like, there's it was yeah, and then and then he fought Freddy. I mean, it <laughs> there's there's a lot of stuff you can draw from to do there. So, maybe interesting. Yeah. yeah, there's probably nothing where you could be like, you know, what I'd love to incorporate. Uh, uh, blank, and you just oh no, yeah, we can we can get to that yeah. two steps away, and we can get to that because Jason dealt with it. <laughs> what do we need? Jason's been there, so that's the far future. Let's go back to the near future and talk about trailers. Okay. All right, so Chrissy, you were the first one in there. Tell us about your trailer. Well, um. If you are the exact same age as me, then you probably uh, in your mind have memorized the theme song to both My Buddy and Kid Sister. Oh. You guys remember those? <laughs> My, buddy. My Buddy. My, My buddy. buddy. They were like these toys that like were supposed to like look like you and be kind of big like you and like it was every kid's dream. Well, uh, clearly somebody took that idea and uh, gave it a new twist. In uh, the upcoming Megan, May M3 again, Megan, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just say Megan. Katie, you lost your parents. Welcome home. You're my niece. I'm going to do everything I can to make this place feel like home. Just wish I could see them again. I'm not equipped to handle this. I don't even take care of my own plants. I have this project at work. Do you want to see? Yes. Ever since I was little, I dreamed of this perfect toy that would protect a kid from ever feeling lonely or sad. This is Megan. Hi, Megan. I'm Katie. It's nice to meet you, Katie. Do you want to hang out? Okay. Megan, your goal is to protect Katie from harm, both physical and emotional. Is that a doll? Model 3 generative. Android. Megan, for short. 
I can't believe you made this. I love it. Wanna hang out? Yeah, sounds like fun. Great job. It's nice to have a friend. It's honestly like she's part of the family now. They could be building emotional connections that are too hard to untangle. She's the happiest she's been since her parents died. Eat the toppings, Katie. Research shows if you force a child to eat vegetables, they'll be less likely to choose those foods as adults. Is that so? Yes. Experts say... Megan, turn off. I thought we were having a conversation. Does she talk? Make her say something. Stop! Don't! Megan! You should probably run. Megan, she pushed Brandon onto the road. I won't let anything harm you. Megan, turn off. Recalibrating response model. <laughs> Megan! What's wrong with you? Don't worry, Katie. I won't let anything harm you. Ever again. I mean, it starts off creepy. Mm -hmm. The moment you see this doll, it's like, ah, they made Annabelle bigger. <laughs> um, but she's like, you know, every little girl's dream until she like takes her mission to never let anyone hurt their little girl too far, it seems. Yeah. And like, uh, the dancing part where she's like in the hall, like doing like TikTok <laughs> yeah. dances and like flipping her whole body around. I'm already scared. That what dancing was the scariest part for me. I agree. What'd you think, Ray? I, I, I saw this in the theater not that long ago and I, I, uh, the, the trailer. Yeah, the oh, trailer. Okay. okay. No, not, oh. not the movie. I was like, the wow, trailer. wow, I'm like, sorry. wow, you were ahead of things. <laughs> <laughs> I meant the trailer. I apologize. And it it was it it did send some chills down my spine in certain parts, but um, I feel like this is probably going to wind up being a middling movie for me. Oh. <laughs> Chucky's my favorite doll. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I think that they took an interesting take in this small wonder reboot. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Man, what happened to Vicky? Um, shout out to all my Gen X friends out there. Good, um, good pull. Good thank pull. You, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, it's interesting. Like when you when you have these things that are not intended to be human. Like we we know she's a robot, but man. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but they hit that uncanny valley right smack dab in the middle because just the look of that character creeps me out. I mean, I, I know I'm not supposed to think it's a human, but it is right at that apex of like, I don't even like looking at this thing. It's the it's that the it's whatever hard coded in me. And yeah, you're right. This, the dancing thing. If this if this was a. a about movies in the future that are going to give me anxiety, this would be on the list for later on in, in today's show. Uh, but yeah, I, I, but it's also, uh, to go to Ray's point, it's also coming out in January, uh, yeah. which uh, not really the mark of confidence from Blumhouse. Oh. But, you well, know, it's we'll like see. everyone will have their Christmas toys that they're like just <laughs> got, they've just gotten over, like... It's like, oh, I have all these American girl doll sales plummet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was like, oh, maybe they're evil. 
<laughs> so we'll see. Uh, do you know what the exact date is? Uh, I think it was January 23rd. Okay. All right. So we'll look for that there. So, Ray, you got in there next. What is your trailer? All right. So my trailer is for a movie called MK Ultra. And uh, if you've never heard the term MK Ultra before, it is the name of a program uh, designed and undertaken by the CIA back in the 60s. Uh, I think it started before the 60s. Anyway, where they they experimented with regular citizens, United States citizens, with LSD and trying to condition them, brainwash them, uh, stuff like that. And this movie tackles that subject. Are you a member or have ties to extremist groups or organizations? No. Do you use drugs or alcohol? Yes. Do you trust Agent Morgan? Are you ready to begin? I'm gonna find your research, Doctor. Push the boundaries of science, the full support of the government. It's enough to drug the whole state. Funding. That's what you always wanted. Yeah. Figure out what to make of them. The CIA supported young psychiatrists experiment. Shelly Powers, arsonist. It's Laura. Why were you arrested? You think I'm sick? Politics and science make the worst of friends. I had some questions about where my research is being taken. I don't like questions. Has, has mind control been achieved? What the hell do you think you're doing? <sighs> We turn our eyes away for even a moment. Filth will overcome us. It stars uh, our favorite new Starfleet captain, Mr. Anson Mount. I almost Ooh, forgot Pike. his name. That's who that was. <laughs> and uh, I, it's it doesn't when you watch the trailer, it doesn't come off to me as like terribly factual. It looks more like thriller based off of very loosely off of something that really happened. But I still find this particular thing, very interesting, a very intriguing idea that uh, regular everyday people like you and I were experimented on. Talk about stuff that it's just the theme, things that give you anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> it looks creepy and and scary, and uh, it definitely seems like the kind of show that uh, Dory and my husband will watch, and I'll be in the room going, mm-mm, mm-mm, it's too scary, too scary. <laughs> yeah, right. Give me the give me the uh, the evil robot doll. Like I can yeah. <laughs> I don't want to think about what our government was doing to people. Yeah, that's right. Interesting. Like as I was, I was listening to the. Uh, Latest, latest episode of the Dana Gould Hour, which was, uh, which is a, a he's a comedian and stuff too, but he does a little segment called True Tales from Weirdsville, where he 
takes a little piece of history and then does kind of like a little essay about it. And he actually talked about this a little bit too. And I didn't actually realize, I had sort of heard a big story, but like, I didn't know a lot of it until he actually talked about this stuff. And I was like, Oh, I didn't realize how big and how expansive. And the fact that the government was just like, well, we, we want to test this chemical on it. Who can we use? Oh, I know. No one cares about convicts. Let's just do it on. I mean, like they were just basically picking actual real 100% American citizens that no one would pay attention to or care about and giving them drugs without their knowledge just to see what would happen, you know, and then taking notes. Ah, (laughs) of all things we talked about. Well, we just got out of the Halloween season. That's the most frightening thing of all. And it it wasn't until years and years and years later where they kind of went, yeah, all right, my bad. (laughs) <laughs> like they fully admitted like no no we we absolutely did that but whoops a doodle what are you gonna do <laughs> whoops yeah. A doodle. so yeah i had i had the same feeling as you like that i think this is going to be sort of like a a thriller dramatized version of it too but it'd be interesting to see if from this we get more investigative stuff and maybe they'll actually will be a sort of a more like a documentary kind of thing that we can see that actually will show us the facts too but but yeah but yeah. uh anson mount He's on a hot streak right now, uh, and then that, and yeah. I like seeing Jason Patrick back again. Yay, <laughs> Jason Patrick! For those of you who don't think Jason Patrick can be evil, I recommend The Losers. What a fantastic movie that is that none of people have seen. He's a really, really good bad guy. In there. I'm sorry. Oh no, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen it. Really, really good. I'm uh, okay, so all right. So then, uh, last trailer up is me. Uh, I decided to go for a you know, small micro-budget thing from a new filmmaker you might not have heard of. Uh, A guy named James Cameron. That's right. We're finally getting the first of four new movies. This is Avatar, The Way of Water. Dad, I know you think I'm crazy. But I feel her. I hear her heartbeat. She's so close. So what does her heartbeat sound like? Mighty. Let you bring your war here. Outcast. That's all they see. I see you. The way of water connects all things. Before your birth. And after your death. This is our home! I need you with me, and I need you to be strong. So, yeah, coming out of Christmas, this movie that's been in development for, like, 
I don't know, 10 years, something like that. I mean, it's, it's one of these things where I, I'm having trouble believing it's real. Like now we're actually seeing footage, but at the same time, man, like this was supposed to, I think, be coming out in like 2018 originally. And they just like when they first announced it, then it was three movies, then it's four and that it, it keeps getting further and further back. But I think it's really going to happen now. Uh, and I don't know, like uh, Avatar came out. Yeah, I think I was working at the movie theater uh, when it came out. and It was a big deal and everybody saw it and we all celebrated and loved it. It became number one film. And then it went away and I think everybody kind of forgot about it, <laughs> except for James Cameron. Uh, and, and so now we're, they're coming back again with this big thing. And I don't know. I think it's going to be a lot harder sell than he thinks it is. Because uh, that first trailer came out, and uh, like I showed it to my 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 teenage daughter, and I because we and she had never seen Avatar, or you know, like in her lifetime, there has never been anything Avatar. Like she, the only Avatar she knows is the Airbender. So to like show this and have her go, but what is this? Like why? Because <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, unlike Star Wars and Star Trek, that has sort of permeated the culture. You know, uh, Avatar hasn't really. It sort of uh, sailed through like a comet. It just sort of went by and then moved on. Now it's a major film franchise. Uh, I don't know. At the same time, I never doubt James Cameron because James Cameron has yet to make a bad movie. So I don't know. There's a lot going on here. What did you guys think of the trailer? I, you know, don't like to yuck anybody's yum. Mm -hmm. So if if someone out there is yumming up on Avatar, I don't want to yuck it too much. But I don't. It's not. It's probably not for me. Okay. I'm like you're, I have you're not, not going to give three and a half hours at Christmas time to James Cameron. <laughs> I'm not. No. And like ordinarily, like if if other i'll see any movie because i love just the experience of it but I, i'll probably like take a pass on all 28 of the new avatar movies that are coming out what do you think ray what's your experience with avatar as you're a little bit younger than us well i uh had no interest in the first one when it initially came out okay. and i still really have no interest in it <laughs> Uh, and I apologize. I'm not trying to upset you. I know you love it. Well, I wouldn't say love it. <laughs> All right, okay. Well, okay. I know you're excited, but I, well, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you what, though. I I wish that I wish that he would have gone back and made worked on good sequels to his best film. We all know what that is: Titanic. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Titanic Titanic. Exactly. Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> you know, there actually is a Titanic 2 movie. What, like the... What happens? It's a TV movie. It's not a sequel to Titanic. It's a it's a movie about a ship called the Titanic 2. Titanic huh. that, sh that That Yo. sails 100 years after the first one. It's right. really bad. And it's looking for revenge for the iceberg. It's uh, in this... In this one, there's a hurricane that literally <laughs> picks up oh. uh, an iceberg and hurls it like a baseball okay. at the ship. <laughs> wow. Mother Nature just hates ships called Titanic, apparently. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. there a, anyway? Wasn't there like a raise the Titanic? Wasn't there? there I remember there was a novel. Like it was a, yes. And then they um, made a TV movie or a movie of that. Yeah. Was that the 70s or the yeah. 80s? I mm -hmm. don't remember. Yeah. 
I'm sorry to get us so far off topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've just been, uh, I, Pete was talking about a couple weeks ago too. I just listened again to the Blockbuster podcast, which is which tells the story of James Cameron too. So it's interesting to like hear that as they as they sort of end their their story of like going from, you know, a young boy growing up in Canada to, you know, winning the Oscar for Titanic. And it was like, yeah, but then from that to where we are now, <laughs> there's an interesting thing there too, of like going from creating Titanic and then, no, that's the end of the story. Well, <laughs> but his next movie is kind of important and we'll see what happens after this. But yeah, so uh, that'll be coming out at Christmas time. I don't know. I have the, you can see it on December 16th. Uh, and I've yes, already, and I've already conscripted Rob to go sit in the theater with me for like four hours. <laughs> so you'll have our review <laughs> shortly into the new year because, you know, by the time Christmas rolls around, we might still be in the theater watching it. <laughs> so, all right, uh, let's move on. So I have created a little game. So I realized I was looking through that I, it, it, it has been... And it might not have been never, but I think it's been a long time. Chrissy, have you ever done one of the elimination brackets? Brackets. Yeah. Um, the first one I ever did was uh, choosing between two 80s movies ah, okay. that Rob paired up. Okay. I couldn't remember if you had done this before because I know I've done it right So we're doing it this time. This time, because this seems to be the 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 season of sequels there has been a lot of sequels to love boys and, and requels and that kind of stuff so i went through and picked out a bunch of really famous movies that have never had a sequel now they have they have had adaptations and video games and all these other things but they've never had a true and proper 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 sequel so i have eight different movies we're doing a single elimination thing and you guys are going to decide which of these films should have a right and proper sequel? Not a reboot, not a refranchising, not a not a musical like we talked about in the last Sadman, but an actual full-on here's what happens next sequel. Uh, so I have I have uh, grouped them all together, and so uh, but uh, my what made the list of my eight? There is no rhyme or reason. My choices were capricious <laughs> and arbitrary. Uh, I just find a couple things that I was like, oh yeah, that'd be a good sequel, and then I, I put them together. We'll see what happens. All right, so uh, since we're just shaking off uh, the ghosts of Halloween, we're going to start with a little bit of horror stuff. So our first matchup will be Shaun of the Dead or Jennifer's Body. So Shaun of the Dead from Edgar Wright. Sort of wrapped it up a little bit too, but you know, there's it's still a world full of zombies. Jennifer's Body. Maybe not the best put together in film, but maybe if they took another crack at it, they could do it. Actually, I think the the ending of everybody actually sets up a much more interesting film, but I think so. This is obviously you guys are working together, and then I will settle any ties that come along there too. So we'll start with Chrissy. What do you which of those two, which do you think would be would would you rather see a sequel? So that's the 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 category is what would you like to see a sequel of? I like them both, and I think they're both, like, that witty, funny horror uh, that's so exciting. Um, I would pick Shaun of the Dead, though, just because I, I think I liked that world. I would like to visit that world again. Okay. What do you think, Ray? Have you seen either of them? <laughs> I've, I've seen both. Okay, good. <laughs> and, um, see, I love Shaun of the Dead so much that it's almost on... Uh, 
a holy level. Oh, believe you know? me, I've got some holy ones on here too. So that's the thing. You're going to have to get your fingers dirty here. <laughs> There's a couple <laughs> things you're like, no one should make a sequel to that. Well, you have to pick one or the other. Well, and for that reason, I can't pick Shaun of the Dead. Okay. Because for me, it is perfect as is. Not that I would necessarily be opposed to a sequel, but I'd lean on the side if not. So I'm going to go Jennifer's Body, which I enjoyed. And I think a, a sequel would be fun. Okay. All right. All right. So they, oops, they went, we'll, we're starting already with, with the two of you with locked horns. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to choose Jennifer's Body as, as well, just because I think that there's more uh, open ground that they, there's, you can only go up. You know, like, I feel like there's a better chance. Like, Shaun of the Dead has a tendency, if they don't get Edgar Wright back, and he's not excited about it, that it could, oh, it could yeah. definitely dip in quality. So I think there's a higher potential for Jennifer's Body 2, or Jennifer's Bodies. I don't know. That would be the title. Jennifer's Bodies is. <laughs> Love it. Jennifer, yeah, I, I Jennifer's, agree with you guys. And there's two Jennifers, and there's multiple. Two Jennifers, Jennifer's and they bodies. each have three bodies. <laughs> all right uh and okay so our, our jennifer's body moves on to the next one okay so Sounds here we like go talaxi and marriage sacred cows here we go uh th things that should never be so we're gonna take two of those uh those platinum uh movies that should not be touched and we're going to pick make you pick one of them so for comedy classics uh beloved by all would you rather see a sequel to the princess bride or Galaxy Quest. And you have to be pick Galaxy one of them. Quest. Oh, okay. You think it's easy? Galaxy All right, Quest. go ahead. What's your reasoning? It Galaxy be, Quest, yeah. It could be that they did other, like, we see other seasons of the show, or, like, maybe the show get, got rebooted, and so the old crew has to come back to, like, help the new crew launch or something. Okay. What were you, what I were you saying? Ray? I just, I could see a lot of paths. What were you yeah, saying? Ray? That makes a lot of sense. I um, just, um, I think the Princess Bride doesn't lend itself very well to a sequel. I mean, it definitely could, but I think it would end up being made more as a too much of an homage to the original where they have to rehash all the original lines and jokes and everything. Okay. That's what I feel would inevitably happen. Uh, there's a lot more room to work with with the other movie. Okay. Even, even, with, even with Alan Rickman being gone, you don't have a problem? I think that, you know, it's just like with any other movie or film series, you have to deal with that kind of a loss sometimes. Look at uh, Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we will see. I guess we'll see. We'll see how they, how they dealt with it. <laughs> but... Yeah. Okay. But I, I, I even without Alan Rickman, I think it would still lend itself better to a sequel. All right. All right. So our next category. Uh, uh, this is this is a uh, inhuman characters, I guess, or uh, movies that that people there are no actors in, but they're still performed. I don't know exactly how to classify it. But would you rather see a sequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas or The Adventures of Tintin? Ray, I'll start with you. Well, I have seen neither. Oh, you've never seen Nightmare oh. for Christmas. Interesting. Imagine that. Um, but I would choose a Nightmare Before Christmas just because uh, 
of its popularity, and I think it's be more likely and be more marketable. Hmm. Not that their Tintin isn't marketable. Huh? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Say from from an American centric perspective, I think the rest of the world would be like, mm, actually, Chrissy, what do you think? Actually, I totally agree. Nightmare Before Christmas, because there are so many other holidays that I would love to see the Halloween crew like get mixed up in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there and this is going to be like a weird side tangent, but there's actually like a, a line of like clothing and accessories that is all the characters from the Nightmare Before Christmas like at the beach. <laughs> it's and it's not based on like a show or anything, but it's like all the characters and it's like a crock pot and it's all the characters like lying on the beach and stuff. Um, so I would say maybe that's the direction you go in. Okay. All right, before Christmas advances. I think there was actually, there was a video game. I think it was Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge. I think it was like mm-hmm. the PS3 era. And I think he mm-hmm. did go to a couple of the other worlds. I mean, not like what I said. My, my thing is, is specifically movie sequel. So it's still a fits thing. But it was interesting that like other people had that same idea. Like it was like your weapon, I think, was like a piece of green slime that could transform into different things. It was It was an odd, odd game. Can, can I add one more point? Sure, absolutely. Uh, having not seen either movie, I will also. I just want to say, I'm also picking Nightmare because Danny Elfman. Ah, uh, yes, the Danny Elfman of it all. Boy, that guy's having a renaissance. Like he, yes, has, love it. he's had a full on makeover too. Like and like and apparently, uh, a good business to be in is a tattooist for Danny Elfman because that dude's got <laughs> ink. Yeah. So, all right, all right. So then, our our last matchup of round one uh, are some '80s classics that you think would be, you know, franchise bait, but had never got there. So, first of all, we have uh, the Masters of the Goondocks, the Goonies, uh, versus don't say his name three times, Beetlejuice. Which of those would you see in like right and proper sequel to? I, that's a tough one. Um, mm. Either way, you'd have to do some recasting, right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Probably. Mm, I'll vote Beetlejuice. Oh, okay. What do you yeah. think? It's, Would you like it's to a see close the, the Goonies next generation, like the children of the... Little Goonies, or, <laughs> or, or is it, or is it them in their forties trying to find one-eyed Willie's son's treasure? I don't know. <laughs> it's like Chunk Junior is responsible for the stock collapse of Ben and Jerry's. It would be interesting to have the like their kids all turn out to be like all the people that they hated. <laughs> They're all like up, you know, uppity cryptocurrency tech bro nonsense. I gotta give the edge to Beetlejuice, though. Okay. You wanna see Michael Keaton back in the fright wig? I, I think. Speaking of people who are experiencing a renaissance, mm-hmm. seemingly, you know, or at least you know, Batgirl got turned down. And next thing we know, Flash is never gonna see the light of day, and neither will a new Batman performance by Michael Keaton. Said the conspiracy theorist in me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Well, there's there's a new man at the helm, so uh, you know maybe you can give him a call and see if you could uh, bring some of these things back from the dead. All right, so there right, we move on to uh, round two then. Okay, this this should go a lot quicker then too because I think I, I'm I'm seeing it, uh, how things are going to go, but I think the the final matchup is going to be really interesting. So Ooh. Jennifer's body or Galaxy Quest two. I'm going to say Jennifer's body. Okay. And I, I love Galaxy Quest, but I mm-hmm. think that it would be a a better sequel for Jennifer's body. It'd be a you'd be able to do more with it. Okay. Chris, you're nodding your head. No, but I don't. I'm nodding my head in in agreement, but disagreement because I would vote <laughs> Galaxy Quest. Um, uh, because now that I've thought about it, I never thought about it. But now that I thought about it, I'm excited about it. And I would love for them to play with some of the ideas of like reboots of the show Galaxy Quest mm-hmm. um, in the sequel to the movie Galaxy Quest. So you have to decide this one, Kyle. <laughs> All right. One vote for Jennifer's body. One vote for Galaxy Quest. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to. Uh, I did not think it would get this far, but I think I'm actually going to put Jennifer's body into the finals because. Oh, I, you know, it's 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 another one of those things of like Galaxy Quest has I, a huge legion of fans and a, and a fantastic documentary about it too, and I think they're even they're trying to work on something too. But like Jennifer's body, I don't feel gets talked about enough, so maybe announce a sequel. Do it so wow. I feel like a creep, Chris. It's gonna I'm sweep sorry. the whole thing. Jennifer's body <laughs> for the win. Who the thunk it? <laughs> Then <laughs> right, our our next lineup then is um is is uh, I guess I'm gonna call this category whoever wins Danny Elfman gets paid Nightmare Before Christmas or Beetlejuice. <laughs> I say Nightmare because um, I think like I think like we learned a lot about Beetlejuice and mm, I think there's okay. just so many characters in Halloween Town that we could learn more about. Okay. All right. Expand the roster. Got it. What do you think, Ray? Initially, I'm inclined to say Beetlejuice, but I think part of that is because there have been so many rumblings about a sequel being made, yeah. even even recently. When is he going to go Hawaiian? We're all waiting. Yeah. <laughs> I love that Kevin Smith <laughs> story, man. Anyway, um, I, I got to go with Nightmare, though, Okay, because I think... Ultimately, that like Chrissy said, there's a lot to explore there, and Beetlejuice ultimately comes off to me as this is a cash grab sequel. Mm, okay, all right, all right. Then, uh, then the lineup that no one could have predicted. You can you can't say that Sat Matt is scripted, people, because no one would have put together. <laughs> <laughs> Who gets a part two? Is it Jennifer's body or Nightmare Before Christmas? Make your final arguments. <laughs> well, I know you guys are going to vote for Jennifer's body. Um, but I want to say, like, think about if this one was centered on the character of the mayor. Mm. The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's the mayor. Why does his head spin around? Mm. What's his backstory? <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, we know we've gone through all the oogie boogie stuff. Maybe this one's a a deep character drama about why the mayor has two faces. Hmm. Okay. All right. So you're, you're voting for night before Christmas. Yeah. Okay. All right. Ray. Okay, for all well, the marbles, <laughs> Hollywood is listening. 
darn it, the slasher lover in me has to go Jennifer's body. <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas probably makes more sense, but I'm I'm making you go. Well, I break this time. This is interesting. I, I I sort of put that in as like a as a wild card because all the rest of these are pretty well like successful. I think that has the lowest box office of any of these on there, <laughs> and it has now taken the title, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. The world like next reel in unison has declared. That Jennifer's body deserves a sequel. Give us Jennifer's bodies. <laughs> by the way, um, by the way, folks, uh, unison means two thirds majority. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, it's, wow, I, I would not have predicted that. But okay, that's <laughs> that is kind of crazy. The world's man. a topsy turvy, crazy place. Yeah. Uh, yeah apparently, well, uh, Henry Selmick is uh, on the on the uh, promotional tour talking about Wendell and Wild. That's on Netflix right now. Um, and it has said that Disney has come to him multiple times and said, do a sequel. And he's like, great. I'm, I'm re- like, I'm ready to go do it. They're like, yes, just make sure it looks like it's CGI. It's got to be, it's got to be Pixar quality. He's like, no, no, that's not what I do. I, I do stop motion. Like, we don't want that. We want it. We want it all CG. The no, like he and Tim Burton are unified and like, we don't want that at all. Yeah. So apparently that's what the impasse is. So. Who owns the rights to Nightmare Before Christmas? Disney. Disney. Uh, yeah. So yeah, call up Bob and tell him we want our stop motion animation. So, all right, there we go. All right, so then uh, uh, before we move on, uh, let's do uh, let's just talk about the future. Uh, so, Chrissy, what's coming up on the most excellent '80s movies podcast? Well, I'm so glad you asked, Kyle. We are going to do a little double feature of uh, Eddie Murphy comedies that were both the number two highest grossing movie in the year they came out. Uh, so we're pairing up Beverly Hills Cop okay. and Coming to America as our next two uh, selections. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I was just like, thinking about rewatching Coming to America. Yeah, say I really liked Coming to America and I really did not like Coming to America. So... Oh, I didn't see that one, so yeah, I may have so. to watch it just so I can comment on it. Yeah, well, maybe. Or maybe it's better if you watch it first and then uh, <laughs> watch Coming to America, enjoy it, and then go after it and go, oh. Oh. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere that won a bracket to get a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> but that being said, I'm always happy to see more Arsenio Hall, so that yes. made me happy on that, too. Uh, and the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society is back, baby! Uh, season four has begun. So the uh, prelude is on there right now. And uh, joining the cast uh, for all but one episode is Chrissy Lenz. What? Me. Oh my gosh. That's you. And you're on the, and we did the, I, wow. It's, I wish that we voices. could say we planned this, but we didn't. It's just beautiful synergy. Uh, yeah, so you have uh, season four will be uh, is, is up and rolling. Uh, by the time you hear this, probably I think episode one will be out as well. So there'd be we so seven total, so a prelude and six regular episodes, and so we'll take us right towards the end of the year. And then at the end of the year, we'll have a little announcement about things that are coming in the swashbuckling world. It should be very exciting. Yes, I love announcements. So check that out. So, all right, as then uh, as we're moving on here, let's get to the weekly list challenge. So our uh, esteemed predecessors gave us movies that give you anxiety, but aren't necessarily scary. So um, 
before the show started, Ray and I were talking a little bit about this too. So, because uh, both he and I have chosen at least one movie that could be classified as horror, but we're not really doing it about the horror element. So it's like, Same. if it like, I'm not scared of dream demons, but I have Nightmare on Elm Street on because I'm afraid of being sucked into my bed or whatever, like that kind yeah. of thing. And that's okay. So like, that's sort of where we sort of did our okay, arbitrary cool. lines. So are you, is that, is, does that work for you too? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. So, because uh, you got the first trailer in, so that means you're the first one up. So, tell us about a movie that gives you anxiety. Okay. Um, so, I have... I, I don't know if you guys uh, enjoy magic eye pictures that were, like, mm. popular in the 90s, where you can, like, unfocus your eyes and a picture within the picture emerges. Um, I can't see them and I've never been oh. able to see them. And it's like a source of uh, sadness for me. <laughs> so a whole movie series that gives me anxiety is the Transformers movies. Because oh. I can't see what the Transformers are. Like they're, they're like bits and bops of floating metal and stuff. Okay. Do not come together for me in the picture of a face for those creatures. So to me, they just look that. like magic eye. Okay. Blurs. And so I, I'm a, like watching any bit of the Transformers, like just makes my heart start to palpitate because I can't <laughs> understand. <laughs> what i'm looking at <laughs> okay all right like i said I've, I've never heard that take on it before but i 100 percent agree with you yeah if it makes you feel any better watching transformers makes my heart palpitate because they're terrible movies <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah there's that too <laughs> i'm joking I'm okay kidding. okay interesting all right so we array you're up next so uh tell, tell us right. what freaks your freak well, I'll get the one out of the way that you mentioned up at the top. Uh, and that would be the movie Halloween 2 from 1981. Mm. Okay. I love these movies, man. I mean, in this movie, you see some gross things, okay? You see a kid who bit into a candy bar with a razor blade and his mouth is all gushing blood and stuff. You, you see somebody gets stabbed with a scalpel. You see a, a nurse get put in a scalding hot therapy pool and her fi face melted <laughs> off. But the thing that I cannot watch in this movie that just sends me just away, it just wishing I'd never been born is watching someone get a tetanus shot. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there is a part in the movie where Jamie Lee Curtis goes to the hospital and they give a, a double, I'm assuming, a shot. Mm -hmm. And I cannot watch the needle go in the arm and the plunger go in and you know i, I cannot i gotta i don't know why i can't watch needles you okay. know fake stuff i'll watch all the live long day there's even a fake needle thing later in the movie that i love it's a great kill but the tetanus shot <laughs> freaks me out okay yeah good one yeah i have to I, and, and you know because here, here in this uh, in endemic world, I've had to see so many shots. I, I have to like look away. Like, I like I'll let you do your business, but I'm not gonna watch that going into my arm. 
All right. So, uh, all right. For my first one, uh, I'm going to pick a, a very, very popular film. Uh, but this is something uh, that, that freaks me out, uh, but it's not really connected to the things you normally associate with this. So, and I was growing up, uh, there was an old vaudeville theater in our town that had been shut down for a long time. And then a company bought it and they converted it into an actual movie theater. So it was like a big time wide theater. So what they did is they basically cut the, 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 the main seating area in half. And so like one half became one theater, the other half became the other theater. And then they took the balcony and, and basically just put a thing right across the the top of it. And that became the third theater. So it was, it was the ready three, it was called. So, so you, so you were actually sitting in an old balcony, really, really steep balcony. But then like, when you're already looking down, then it was like the movie theater, the screen was right there in front of you. Uh, so, I got to, I, it was one of my favorite theaters. I got to see a ton of stuff there. Eventually, it became the Ready Four because they realized they could use the backstage. So that was a really cool theater too. I saw like Army of Darkness in there, and if you look up, all the rigging and lights were still there above your head as you're watching this thing. Really cool theater. Um, so, but the way I saw there that just because of the situation and location freaked me out so much was Die Hard. Now it wasn't nice. any of the, the 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 things you think of of the explosions or running or shooting and stuff. It was one of the most terrifying sequences to me is when he has jumped off the roof and, and crashed in the window and crashed down. And the roof has exploded. Oh, he thinks he's fine. And then whoosh, you see something drop by the window. Hey, what was that? Oh, it's the big metal thing that you're still attached to. And he is slowly being drawn out the window, slowly sliding. And seeing that with nothing between me and it, 40 feet wide or whatever it was, was absolutely terrifying. Cause it was like, it was, it was like watching that edge slowly approaching as he's like desperately trying to undo himself and the glass is sliding and the wind is blowing fantastic sequence. But like seeing it there, like activated all of my height anxiety, like, <laughs> and still like when I watch that sequence, I still have that like flashback of like that, that moment. So yeah, like that, I'm not big on heights. And that is one of the most terrifying things of, of uh, depicting of that I have ever seen. So die hard. <laughs> That's, I get it. Yeah. All right. Back to the top of the order, Chrissy. Okay. So uh, this is a movie that I really, really like, but there's a part of it that just like, I can hear it in my head <laughs> and it freaks me out. Uh, it's Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Okay. Where they end up in hell and they each go into their like personal hell and then there's a chase scene where they're being chased by a bunny uh and a grandma and a uh military guy and they're in this hallway where they have to crouch and so oh. they're crouching and running from these three like not that scary but but sinister <laughs> pursuers and i just like i can in my in my brain if i feel like sort of trapped i can hear you stole deacon's easter basket and the little like <laughs> hop 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 sound and i'm just like no wow okay what well, is it is it the is it just like the nightmare of, of combining all those things or uh, yeah. we don't need to get into a huge it is, trauma like, discussion. I'm just curious what it is. You're running and you can't get away. Okay. You have to crouch so you can't run. Uh -huh. And then it's these normal everyday things that scared I've you become, when you were a kid that right. seem benign. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. I don't like it. 
All right. All right. Bill and Ted's bogus journey. All right. I, I thought you were going to say station, which I find terrifying. <laughs> station. When he's, when he's two things or when he swooshes together and becomes both. one thing? Both. It's both pretty scary. Yeah. yeah. What you got, Ray? Okay. Uh, my second one is a movie I saw at an, at an impressionable age. Mm. I was 13. And uh, I actually saw it in in high school. In school. Okay. And it is a made-for-TV movie. Anne Frank, The Whole Story. Oh. From 2001. It was the one that uh, Ben Kingsley played her father. And uh, Lily Taylor had a role. Okay. Uh, I don't remember any of the other people that were in it by name. But anyway, just... Uh, I. It, that particular iteration of the story always stuck with me. And it was probably because I saw it at 13 years old, you know, the same age basically that she was. And having just read the book, watching this movie, uh, the depictions in, in, in the movie just really grabbed me, particularly when they're in this confined space uh, in this attic and every tiny little noise you hear could mean death is at the door and it just sent chills down my spine and then the movie does something that goes beyond the book is it shows Anne in her captive years in the concentration camps and it just doesn't show it for long it shows it for maybe five minutes you know her and her mother and her her and her sister but it just really stuck with me that somebody my age went through that and everything and the movie itself I thought was a good portrayal of the, the whole ordeal. So Wow. Yep, that's well, my second I didn't second even know bit. that movie existed. That's uh, interesting. Uh, my third one, I, I'm breaking one of my own rules. Like, I usually only like to put on movies that I've actually seen. But the actual concept of this movie I find so terrifying that I have never watched it and I never will. Um, and it's not the sharks. Uh, it's the abandonment. Uh, this is open water, uh, cool. so um, I'm okay with the I'm okay with the sink. I'm okay with a bath. I'm okay with a pool, but once you get into big water where you can't see any land stuff, that's when I start to get super nervous. So the idea of being out on, the, on a boat or whatever, and you come up from your scuba diving, and the boat has left you behind. Oh boy, I'm starting to sweat now just describing it. And I've only ever seen the, <laughs> the, the trailer, never seen the movie. Uh, but yeah, that is that is huge, huge anxiety thing for me. Yeah, the yeah, big water and all. Like, forget the sharks. Just like the 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 big not knowing what's going on and never not having any hope and floating in the water. Ooh, yeah, no, thank you. It's uh, sent chills down scary. my spine. Yeah. All right. So all right, Chrissy, what's uh, your third and final? Okay, so like you guys, I'm thinking a movie that could be classified as a horror movie, but not for the reasons probably that most people find it horrific. Um, mm -hmm. I picked Misery. Okay. Uh, oh. Because for there's a lot of reasons, but uh, the part where he's explaining to her of that she, the paper that she bought uh, smudges, and so oh. she has to go get him new paper yeah. like is yeah. a huge source of anxiety for me like if someone does Ooh. something where they they feel like they've gone over the top to be nice to you and then you have to explain that uh. even though 
it would seem as though you've done the best you could do. The thing you didn't know was that there's actually this small problem. Having to explain that to anyone is uncomfortable at mm -hmm. best. Okay. And when that yeah. person is holding you captive and breaking your ankles <laughs> with sledgehammers, boy, it really adds to the tension. Uh, yeah. Of And then at, slightly after that, she has to fill in all of the, I think the letter N and the letter E that mm. are broken on his typewriter. So she has to go through and like fill them in. And for some reason, just the thought of someone with a pencil filling in every E and every N is like, makes me a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so misery is no my play. choice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So Ray, what's, uh, what's your third anxiety? Uh, this one seems a bit obvious to me, so I'm surprised it wasn't a steal. But uh, it is the Aronofsky classic, Requiem for a Dream. Ooh. Okay. And I just that movie is the perfect example for me of something that you love to watch, but you cannot watch. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. yeah. it, because every time I watch that movie, there's so much about each character's plight that just m makes me want to hurl myself out of a building and or something. <laughs> you know, what I mean? uh, and and then you know, back to my needle thing. There's that whole needle thing with Jared Leto, uh. which I won't go into detail about here. But let's just say it's memorable. Mm. <laughs> memorable in the sense that it's it will be scarred in there Seared and in that you'll never right. be able to get it out yep yeah 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 good pick good pick just each one of those characters what each one of them goes through there's not a single one of them that i think to myself yeah it's not so bad yeah. no they're all bad <laughs> okay requiem for a dream all right so uh my last one uh is this is my horror movie except that um, it's not the horror elements that, that got me. So uh, uh, my movie is uh, a, about a, a, a group of adventurers who uh, go on a what should be a fun time uh, and end up having to fight monsters. But it's not the monsters that scare me. Uh, it all happens in the dark. It's not the dark that scares me uh, because this is The Descent. Uh, and in this movie, there's one of the most terrifying scenes I have ever seen. I, I was working at the movie theater, watching this alone, like at, you know, 6 a.m. on the morning it came out. You know, theater to myself. Uh, and uh, going along, I, and then, you know, I love Neil Marshall, so I'm already on board. And I'm, I'm, the characters are so good, I'm going along. And then there's this scene where one of the it's, – it's about uh, spelunking. So basically all the uh, – it's a group, a, a, a group of – uh, women who get together and go on adventures together. They decide to go spelunking, so they're underground, and they have to go into this narrow passage. So as this one of the women is climbing through a narrow passage, Christy's already shaking her head. She already is starting to have traumatic <laughs> flashbacks. As she's climbing through this narrow passage, there is a small earthquake that happens, and oh, she is man. then pinned, and the water is rising. It's like, huh, it's like all of my anxieties at the same time, like <laughs> trapped. You can't move your arms, water rising in the dark. Uh, you can't get out. Like, huh, I was, I was climbing the back of my seat in the theater. Like, huh, huh. <laughs> it's like, like, it's like they've taken all my, like, all like my top 10 anxieties and put them in one scene. And, and oh, once again, that is the worst. learning later on that all that stuff was done, like 
in a soundstage, like could not have been more calm and safe environment and stuff too. It just made it that much sweeter. So yeah. So it's like, it's not the monsters. It's not all the horror movies of that. It's literally that just like a person pinned, not being able to move. That absolutely is the top of my anxiety list. Whoa. Yeah. The descent yeah. right there with you, dude. Oh, Good man. pick. Good pick. Yeah. So, all right. So that was there. There was our list. So anyway, so uh, next, so we have uh, to pick for next week. I'm going to be on the show. Uh, so I, I will sort of remove myself from conversation. The only thing that, that I, I will I will sort of leave as you two figure it out is when Ray was talking, uh, an idea came to me um, uh, of uh, movies that like you saw that you absolutely will never watch again, either oh. because it's like so powerful or either or so terrible, like however you want to interpret it. That's the only thing I was thinking that would be an interesting category to discuss. But I'll, I'll let you you two sort of figure it out. Okay. I like that. It's sort of like it's burned in your brain, whether it's like because it's so tra- traumatic or because you just don't need to see it more than once. Um, I think that's a good category because there's some really, really good movies for me that would fall into that category of like, you know, Blank is a beautiful Oscar winning epic classic. But I saw it once. No need to ever see it again. I, I like that. Uh, as a choice what do you think ray it was pink flamingos wasn't it <laughs> Just never again <laughs> never. Uh, let's do it let's do it yeah i like it i like it okay and then i'll let the people interpret that sort of however they want to i'm i've already like i could already think of three like boom just right off the top of my uh-huh. head but i bet they'd be steals i bet they'd be i bet my top two would be in someone else's top three <laughs> That's very possible. That's that, I think that would be interesting to see too, because maybe there might actually end up being more steals than you would think in that one. So, all right. So as as we as we sort of uh, bring our Saturday matinee to a close, I have I have a question for you guys, sort of as as a thing. Last time I was uh, was on, I asked about some podcast recommendations. So now I'm going to go to a different area. So I was interested. Anything that you've seen outside of television and movies that have been really interesting to you or that you would like recommend, Hey, more people should pay attention to this. So I'll, I have one off the top of my head. So I will talk about that as you sort of see if there's something comes to your mind. Cause I know I'm throwing you a curveball. Um, one of my favorite things on YouTube are film essays that people will actually go through and they'll actually, as opposed to just like, I saw this movie, it sucked. Like they actually will, will take something, a category or an idea and actually develop it. And I really think there's a lot of artistry that to the, like, these people will, will put into it of telling the, the – sort of proving their point, making their thing. Even if you don't agree with it, like I really like sort of the presentation of a lot of these things. That they can sort of deep dive into something really obscure. The, the, I, for me, the gold standard of this was Every Frame of Painting, which he was so good at it that he ended up getting a job as a professional <laughs> editor and now is making tons of money and doesn't have time to make stupid little YouTube videos anymore. Um, so I actually found one, uh, this, this group or this guy, I think, I think, I don't know if it's a team or not, but it's called the Royal Ocean Film Society. He actually did a really interesting sort of 20 minute deep dive on one of my favorite categories nobody talks about, which is fan edits. He actually went in and sort of discovered this while he was researching something else and dug into the world of, you know, fans going in and taking a movie and cutting it up for themselves and then re-releasing it for other fans of like, Hey, what do you think of this? It, it, it could be. They want to restore it to what it originally was, like the despecialized editions of Star Wars, or it could be actually one I, they talked about extensively. In that is Raising Cain. I, apparently, Raising Cain was originally a non-linear movie uh, that was sort of like in a memento kind of style, 
Uh, and then by the time it came out, Brian De Palma, I think it's Brian De Palma, um, decided, no, I'm going to tear it straight narratively. And now a fan editor got the found the original script and recut the movie. And so much so got the actual director's seal of approval. I actually went, oh my God, the way you did it is exactly how I wanted to do it. Like he actually got, it was, it was like a recognition that hadn't been seen before. They, but anyway, so I, I highly recommend checking the, all the videos I've seen from uh, this, this, either this guy or this group have been great. So the Royal Ocean Film Society. So anything you've seen in the, in the wider, wide, weird world that you would uh, like to direct people to? I've, I've got one. Sure. Um, there's a podcast. Uh, it's a whole series uh, that I think is really worth listening to. And I, I sort of like try to tell everybody about this is a true crime thing, mm-hmm. uh, but it is so, it, but it's so epic and big that it's just unbelievable. Uh, and it's called the Murdoch murders podcast. Okay. It's called Murdoch M U R D A U G H murders okay. podcast uh, by Manny Matney. And it's an ongoing case, like the case is being litigated now. Um, but there are so many twists and turns to this story that you just like just the briefest of all recaps is boat accident, accidental drowning, boating under the influence, uh, but then double murder, botched attempted uh, suicide by hire, um, drug smuggling squid island barriers of south carolina possible other murders being brought in of a housekeeper and uh, a boy that this family went to high school with and uh, also i forgot to mention all of the financial crimes uh which were uh perpetrated by this person and their family going back a century it's just like (laughs) bananas (laughs) <laughs> and the woman who reports on it has been do- reporting on this single family and their crimes for over three years. Wow. Gee okay. willikers. Well, the Murdoch Murders Podcast. The Murdoch Murders Podcast. Okay. All right. Ray, what is anything that has uh, crossed your path that you'd like to draw some attention to? Well, this might sound a little bit weird, but it's a smartphone app. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I, I usually just stick with my usual apps. I never download new apps, but I just got this new app. It's called Refined. Okay. But with, but it's R E F I N D. And what you do is uh, you tell it what some of your interests are. And what it does is every day it gives you five articles uh, from around the web that would interest you whether it might be stuff in the news or you know somebody's blog post not like joe schmo's blog post but you know someone that's got a lot of readers or something but anyway uh and it learns as you go you know you tell the app you know i like this article didn't like this one as much you know whatever and uh, it gives you some interesting stuff to think about during the day that is really cool, cool. I, I like an app that actually uh does a job as yeah, opposed to just yeah. trying to take your time. Like, it's like, no, no, like, I'm here to work for you. Here, here's some things I found that I think you'd like. That's great. Yeah. Right. All right. Refined. Very interesting. 
right. All right. Well, there you go. There's, there's if you're you know beyond the the, the uh, television shows and movies we talked about, there's some other stuff you can uh, do to to try and make your life just a little bit better. So thank you all for listening here. For our, our Saturday matinee has concluded. Uh, thank you for joining me on this one. So thank you, Chrissy. Thank you, Kyle. I had a great time. I'm glad. Always good to see you, Ray. Hey, likewise. Now go do something nice for yourself. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.